just trusting your intuition, trusting that whatever feels like the right decision in those moments is perfect and that there's always more we can learn for ourselves, but having a lot of different people tell you what they think is best um, can get just get so confusing. So, you know, taking the information that you can and learning as much as you can, but then just trusting your own intuition. You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. You are tuning into the Well Woman podcast, and this is episode 238. You are joining us for our menstruation mini-series. Over 13 different episodes, we are exploring real-life stories about menstruation and becoming a cyclical menstrual woman. And this is episode seven of that mini-series. And today I'm joined by Amanda Rootsy. And Amanda is a beautiful recent friend of mine on the show. She joined us for episode 220, where we talked about youth mentoring, menarche, and teen support. Now, the reason why I've reached out to Amanda is she's got a really unique and very special journey with her menstruation. And I can't wait for you to hear this and to dive into what it's like to be a cyclical woman who doesn't menstruate in her 20s right through to her 30s, where she is right now. This is a really beautiful and insightful story and journey that she's taking us on in this episode. We talk all about the contraceptive pill, her journey with cancer. We also talk about being a late developer and getting your period a little bit late, and then how we can connect our bodies when we aren't menstruating to the cyclical essence of nature. It's a fantastic episode. I had an absolutely wonderful time recording with Amanda, and I know you're going to enjoy it too. Amanda, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege, actually. It's a very much a privilege and it's so worth it because you've just, you're a bundle of joy. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I really believe for our menstrual series, this is a really great topic for people to hear about from your personal experience and your journey with your own menstrual cycle um, and something that I feel like some people might not know enough about. So let's kick it off. And let me ask you, how are you feeling today? Like, how are you checking in? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like this seasonal spring, joyous, energized vibe at the moment, which I feel like I was really missing for a couple of months there. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Thanks, Gemma. <laughs> beautiful. And if you're if you can't visually see this, Amanda's wearing the most beautiful, colorful jumper I think I've ever seen in my whole life. And so it's very springy. It's like a spring jumper, that's for sure. Um, I love it. It's, I mean, I'm like, I want to be like, where did you buy this thing? Is it from Australia? Mm-hmm. It's nice. on special right now. <laughs> there you go. We can could, we could be twinning. Yes, yeah, spring vibes. Well, thank you for bringing your spring vibes to us to talk about menstruation and the menstrual cycle. And I think it'd be great for people who haven't listened to your first episode with me and on the show. Can you just share a little bit about who you are and how you got into this world of what it is that you do without me giving it away yeah sure um okay so my name's Amanda you can call me Mandy if you like um I have a business called Shine From Within uh, which is in its 11th year now and it supports teenagers and trains youth mentors to be great 
mentors and build beautiful businesses and communities for the youth wherever they are in the world. I love it. I love to work. I love, love working with young people. Yeah. And I'm cisgendered. My pronouns are she, they. What else can I tell you? <laughs> I love that. Not everybody even says that. That's, that's heaps. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go check out Amanda, you can go check her out and her amazing book, Shine From Within. Uh, all the links will be in the show notes. But let's talk about menstruation. And mm-hmm. you're such a beautiful person in the realm of teens or you're a beautiful person anyway, but in the realm of teens and teen support. And we spoke about this in your last episode with us that Menarch is a really confronting, sometimes confusing, sometimes really abrupt, sometimes uncomfortable situation. So I'd love to know what was your journey into Menarch? Like, what do you remember about your first period? If you do remember anything and does anything stand out from you in that time of that, becoming a menstruator at that stage in your life? Yes. Um, okay, so for me, I got my period really quite late and, and developed really late. So I just remember feeling like, why am I so behind? You know, why I, why aren't I a woman? Yes, those sorts of, <laughs> those sorts of things. Feeling really, um, yeah, feeling inadequate almost. Um, yeah, I remember... I remember even boys being like, you're so flat, you know, because they're so lovely, boys at school. <laughs> Especially the era that we grew up in, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Jerks. But I don't actually remember. I've been thinking about this and I even text my mum this morning. So I was like, do you remember when I actually got my period? And um, I said, I think it was really quite late. And she said, I don't remember. So I don't, it wasn't anything too traumatic for me actually getting my period, but what it brought with it, you know, the hormonal changes and I had quite bad skin. I remember that just being a really big focus for me. Like it was really upsetting for me. And it, and it, I remember mum taking me to the doctors and to dermatologists and having chemical peels and microdermabrasion and all this stuff that a teenager should not be having, I don't think. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot I wish we had more information about back then um, rather than kind of attacking uh, the body and my skin for what it was going through um, and just kind of nurturing it and being a bit gentle would have been a nice approach. But we just did what was advised to to, to us. Um, and eventually I did go on the pill because of my skin and it cleared up my skin and I got boobs and I was like, this is awesome. I'm a woman. I have my <laughs> Oh my God, this is such an interesting topic around feeling comfortable in your body whilst you're going through dramatic changes. I'm very similar to you. I was a late bloomer. I got my period at 15 and a half. Um, I've shared in another episode that like my, my dad wouldn't let me shave my legs until I got my period. So I was just like, come on, just hurry up period. You know, so I can just, <laughs> I didn't care about menstruating. I was like, finally, I can shave my legs like with all my other cool friends, you know? <laughs> how different times would be now about shaving legs with how people like embrace their hair everywhere. And, but yeah, <laughs> very interesting, you know, exploring the changes and the shifts in your body. Cause it's such a big change. Yeah. Like a yeah. really big change, especially what you mentioned about skin and feeling uncomfortable in your skin. Um, so what did you learn through that process that then led you to the pill? And then how long were you on the hormonal contraceptive pill for? Mm, I was on the pill right up until 
I was about 24, I think. Um, and at that, that's the, that's when I was diagnosed with um, stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I then spent a couple of years fighting that cancer. And I, so I came off the pill at that point, I think, but was put on something else when I, I eventually did have chemotherapy. And I remember taking something to, to stop my cycle during that, that period of time. Mm. So I don't think I ever really had a natural cycle um, at all because I, after that, after going through all of that, I didn't have a cycle afterwards. Um, so I, I feel like I've never had that experience, which makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting to think back on. And looking back, I just wish there was more information, which I'm, I'm so grateful that there is now, and more support for tuning into your own body, trusting your body, nurturing your body, all of those things. Um, and it was actually one of the reasons I did start Shine From Within because after I went through that whole process of surviving cancer, I got to the end of it and went, there's so much I wish I knew mm-hmm. beforehand. And this stuff around the cycles and, yeah, it was it's definitely part of that, just understanding that our bodies are pretty amazing and we can we can look after them before attacking them <laughs> to get the results that, that we're that we're kind of looking for yeah really beautiful thank you for sharing so vulnerably and openly it's <clears throat> general society would say that well you only like don't experience a period if you're pregnant breastfeeding or you've been through menopause and I think it's really beautiful for you to share, so thank you for sharing so far, that what it's like to be a woman of a menstrual age and to not be a menstruator and what that brings up for you in the sense of, like, being a woman, mm. but also that experience of the transition. Is there anything you feel called to share on about that and what you've learned through that process? Yeah, there's, there's definitely been... There was definitely a period of grief there that still pops up every now and then being in my 30s, not having a cycle. And there have been different stages through that too, I think, where I did then go and and take some natural estrogen and progesterone and things like that to, to get a bit of a, you know, a, a cycle kind of happening. Um, but I just, I didn't love it. It was so, we never quite got the dosages right. I had a wonderful gynecologist and loved getting to work with her and trying to tweak all of that. But it was also super expensive um, and it was just a lot to be thinking about every day. And, and in the end, I just went, you know what, I'm just going to go with the body that I have and how it is now and do some things to, to kind of work on, on um, the risks that are associated with that, you know, like when you go into menopause early, the um, risks of osteoporosis and things like that. Um, so it's not what most people would do, I don't think, but it feels like the right thing for me at this time to just go, yeah, that's okay. This is just how it is. And even the the process of being diagnosed with cancer at 24 and having to go and see a specialist with my partner and uh, to talk about freezing embryos was such a weird thing to go through in quite an early stage of your relationship. Um, and it just didn't feel right for us at the time. So we don't have that either like we won't have children um and so that you know obviously brings a bunch of stuff with it as well but yeah I'm really accepting of where what my body's capable of where I'm at that's okay but I also know there's lots of things I could do if I wanted to Mm. you know explore any of those paths get you know yeah get a cycle or get a child or (laughs) (laughs) It's a big step getting a just getting a child. Sometimes you're like, just return 
on that chart and get another chart because I don't like that one today. Um, <laughs> this is really beautiful. And I think this is such a real and raw topic for people to really hear. And like, because this is one of the non-spoken sides about the menstrual cycle that I feel, you know, people always talk about, well, this is how long the bleed is. And this is how long the cycle is, but there are a certain percentage of born menstruators who no longer menstruate. And that has nothing to do with being on hormonal contraception. There's many reasons why that can happen. And I think normalizing this conversation, which is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on this series is really beautiful. And I love that you have complete trust and honor in your body for the transition that it's taking you on. Because like you said, lots of people would potentially reverse that by trying to take all the different stuff. And you've tried that wasn't necessarily something that felt aligned for your body or your choices at that moment in your life. And I think it's a great demonstration that like just trusting your body Mm. and what messages that it gives you. And I can imagine and I've only lived nine months off hormonal contraception where I haven't had a period before. And that wasn't for pregnancy. That was actually after I came off the pill. I didn't bleed for nine months. And even then I felt a bit disorientated, like didn't really know what was going on. And I could imagine that that would be in itself a learning process. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm around a lot of people who really do live by their cycle and it's talked about so much. And, um, and so sometimes there's that I've definitely had periods in my life where where I felt left out or excluded when that's, when that's talked about so much. Um, and even for some reason, the lady who wrote Harry Potter is coming to mind who was like, anyone who menstruates, if you're not that, if you don't menstruate, you're not a, you're not a woman or, you know, whatever, whatever she said that caused a lot of, a lot of backlash um, in, in the trans community and was really hurtful. Um, but I remember thinking, well, I don't menstruate and I'm, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still a woman. What are you talking about? Yeah, so there's that disconnection, I suppose, of, of what it means to be a woman and how I should be living in, in tune with that. But I also find so much joy in finding my own rhythms and tuning into different cycles anyway, whether it's um, the moon or the seasons or um, or just noticing in my body that actually, you know, I feel like, because I do feel like I have a bit of a cycle anyway. You know, there, there are definitely weeks where I'm more hibernating and there's definitely weeks where I'm really organized and energized. And so I think without having a period to schedule that out, it's it just takes a little bit more tuning in, I suppose, to go, okay, well, this is where I'm at now um, and that's okay. Yeah, It's beautifully okay. <laughs> I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish you had have been taught at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and your cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over thousands of women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. Use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off at wellsome.com forward slash shop. 
I'd love to ask you, you mentioned about the moon and you mentioned about the other cycles and there are so many cycles. My amazing teacher, Jane, teaches all about the cycles within the cycles and the shamanicness of the cyclical woman and that you don't need to be a menstruator to be a cyclical woman. Um, and I think that's so, so beautiful. And so I'd love to ask you the question, have you noticed your rhythms in reference to any other particular cycles? Because for a lot of people, when they enter that menopausal phase, which you've technically kind of semi-experienced, right, the the mm-hmm. loss of menstruation, is it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, who's my body? And how come I don't have an anchor? Like, what is happening? It's like this huge meltdown moment, and I'm sure you've had moments like this too. Um, but what have you discovered so far? Because you're such at a beautiful, enriching age, and you were back then growing into the woman that you are right now, that you are not someone who just sits stagnant. You're definitely someone who likes to grow and evolve and pivot and shift and experience. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> like yeah. I think you. Definitely. Um, from what I've witnessed, this is you. So feeling and trusting and tuning in and everything feels like that's who you are. So what has that brought up for you around the cycles? Like what cycles do you feel that you do align with and has anything become very familiar for you in that Mm. yeah at the moment I'm reconnecting with the moon cycle a lot this year yeah in fact my um my mentor who I know you work with as well Julie Parker she um sent me this beautiful gift at the start of the year that was like a journal to to track the, the moon cycles and it's so detailed and really beautiful um and so I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy really tapping into that and notice that there is a lot of alignment there for me at the moment. Yeah. Mm. God, she's a wonderful woman, isn't she? Yeah. So <laughs> Just so thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So my teacher Jane would say, and I've learned this from many other ancestral teachers that, and I'm sure you've seen this, you know, in the spoken word of the menstrual cycle education that's out there is like, well, if you don't bleed, you know, you sync with the moon. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because all the MAGA women who are of the age bracket of, we'll call it traditional menopause, so they're, you know, 50 to 60-year-old women, which is not you by any means, um, they all say that once you move through this menopausal transition, you reach this magic and you are either a bitter and a senile old woman or you <laughs> this magical, like, orgasms are just orgasmic like beyond what they could potentially be and your libido increases because you've got more testosterone and they really educate as this particular part of life is completely magical and mystical and I'd love to ask you if you experienced any of this magic or mysticness in your experience of being a cyclical woman in your transition of your own menstrual cycle. Mm, I think I need to tap into more of this wisdom actually and read a bit more about all of this. Um, I don't know. I do feel like there's a, a like a calmness or content feeling of like this is who I am. Um, there's still a lot more to go. But, um, yeah. I don't know that I experienced the orgasmic orgasms though. Actually, now that you're saying that, I'm going to explore this a little bit more. <laughs> changing a fun homework assignment yeah (laughs) 
Oh, everyone, when we sit in circle and the women talk, they're like, well, I can't wait for menopause because I'm sick of the type of orgasms I'm having for the yeah. last years, um, <laughs> which is quite funny, like when you hear old older women, you know, in their 60s mentioning and joking about this kind of stuff. But yeah, really, it's a great demonstration that these are the kinds of stories that aren't really discussed or heard of. You know, we're really stepping into a world where people are more so talking about how birth can be orgasmic, you know, birthing mm-hmm. a baby. But I think it's the same about Menarch. Menarch can be an, a magical experience too with the right guidance and the right support and you working with teens, I'm sure you you see that too. But it can be true for every single type of our menstrual cycle transitions. And I teach in cyclical school that there's 13 cycle transitions in a cyclical woman's life and not everybody experiences all 13 and that's okay too. But there's many and they all have their own intricate little you know, wisdom pockets, you could say. Um, and I think it's really beautiful to for people to hear that not everyone who who doesn't menstruate is of old age or <laughs> is male. And I think it's really beautiful to, like, be able to witness and express that because there's so much deep meaning in that. So I'd love to ask you the question, when you have your inward time, because I like to ref, like refer it as like an outward time and an inward time of any cyclical person's life. Men have this too. My partner has an inward time and it's very cyclical. Um, but when it comes to you having your inward time, even though you don't have the physical bleed of menstruation, like how do you honour your winter? I actually feel like I have a quite an extended winter too. I'm so introverted and so, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, I've got a, I drew this picture of a sloth on my wall in like a luxurious robe just to remind me that I can, I can honor the sloth vibes at all time, at any time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that needs um, to be print on t shirts. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's my next thing. Kickstarter <laughs> um, <laughs> for sloth shirts. Yeah. Yeah. First teen inspo cards, now sloth. Embracing the sloth. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Um, I think for me it's a lot of trust because um, I can be quite, I can. I still have that voice that's like you need to be more productive, you need to be doing more, that sort of thing um, is still in my head. Um, but I know that whenever I'm in those periods, those moments that it passes, so just trusting what I feel like doing in that moment and that can be, like I think I had a five-hour nap on Sunday afternoon. Um, Love that. <laughs> five hours are like that's that's sometimes more than what most people get in an evening. <laughs> I know. I was surprised too, and I slept really well that night as well. I thought for sure I've I've messed up my my sleep cycle, but um, I needed it in that moment. Um, uh, making sure I've got space in my calendar is really important for me to knowing that I can um, not put a bra on for a couple of days and hang around in comfy clothes and <laughs> um, be creative, go for little walks in the national park, things like that um, really support me. Mm. Um, yeah. And just getting into bed. It's like my favorite thing. <laughs> it's such an important point. Like people, they think, you know, that's terrible saying it's like, Oh, well, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> well if you don't sleep you will die like you're welcoming it in much much sooner than what you would think yeah it's such a silly saying like it's mm. sleep when I'm dead um but that's also a repatterning of that 
those deep patriarchal beliefs that society says, you know. And I know you started your business very similar time frame to me where it was like in the boss babe era about like, yeah, we, we could do it too, you know, you watch us. <laughs> and it's really, it's about unputtoning and letting that go and becoming, well, who do I want to be and what I do and how do I want to feel doing that regardless of whether that is a bleeding experience or not a bleeding experience or regardless of that's a cervical mucus experience or not a cervical mucus experience. I think people really forget that you, we have, you know, yin and yang in everything and that we can tap into the yin and yang within ourselves at any time, regardless of whether we have a menstrual cycle or whether we're just cyclical humans. So I love, I love that you share that. Thank you. Now let's look at the polar opposite of your inward time. Let's look at your outward time. Is there a big difference between the two or is it, how does that feel for you? There's a big difference in my head, like of what I think I can achieve and do in that, in that time, you know, when you plan things and think, yeah, future me will be so energized and ready for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And she never is. I think, for, yeah, for me, I can quite easily think that my capacity is more than what it is um, at times. But the outward time is more so more social for me, I think. And um, I don't know. I don't know what else that kind of looks like for me. It's like I'm, I'm almost um, afraid of not having capacity actually at times. So I'm, I've, um, and I don't know if that is kind of being introverted or highly sensitive or some other things or. It probably goes back to being having cancer, you know, the, uh, 10 or 15 years ago and feeling like I'm constantly scared to push myself too much in case in case I get sick. Um, so I'm probably, I probably air more on the let's be gentle and, and chilled vibes more than anything. And so it means things take a little bit longer for me. I remember my, my friend, um, Yvette Luciano, who's passed now, but she used to call me a turtle because I would... I would get things done um, and, I've, and I have built a beautiful business but it just takes me a little bit longer. Um, and so then when those summer and spring periods do come, it's like this nice surprise but I haven't overloaded myself with things because I'm, yeah, I'm afraid to. <laughs> but that's actually true for everybody. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of people with the menstrual cycle being like, oh, my God, I feel so fatigued in my summertime. And I feel, I said, yeah, you're not you're not an energizer bunny. Like you're not supposed to like overdo it either. Like you're supposed to feel the richness of that time of your, of that cycle, but also don't burn yourself out because at the same time in a menstrual cycle, in your fertile phase, your body's trying to evaluate, like, is this a safe environment? Like, do I feel like I could support being pregnant? And if you're burning yourself out, the answer to that is no. So it's, it's interesting that you say that from your perspective and your experience within your own health, but I actually see that a lot with people who even have menstrual cycles that they, okay. but they're more so still stuck into that mindset of like, got to get it all done. And this is the time. So I should load up this particular phase and I don't want to do anything when I'm menstruating. And I'm like, it's about balance, you know, and you can't, like, I, I love doing talks when I'm menstruating. I make sure that they're calmer days and much calmer days. But I find sometimes the best insights drop in when I'm coaching a client on a day when I'm menstruating that probably wouldn't have come if I was ovulating. That makes so much sense. And it's like without going on a rant, (laughs) it's the same that's true for the, the moon cycle. 
you know, my teacher Jane would say that with every moon cycle, there's a birth, death, and then um, and then a rebirth. But before death comes harvest, decay, and then compost. And so we need to have a harvesting of like, oh my God, I gotta like get all the things done. Yeah. But then there comes like the decay of like all the trees letting their leaves go. And we're like, oh fuck, okay, I'm just gonna have to say no to that thing. And I don't know about this. And I'll save that conversation for later. And then comes the compost if you like, <laughs> I always think of like the wicked witch from the West, like melting into the ground. You know? <laughs> and that's what it actually can feel like in the moon cycle. I'm not talking about the menstrual cycle, like it can feel like that. So from what I know about that cyclical essence and the energy of each of the eight quadrants of the moon, you're feeling exactly in aligned to like what that represents for people in their own cycles of the moon. So you're, you're, you're very aligned, even though you're not. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. I feel like I'm learning a lot from you today. <laughs> Anytime. Well, one of the things I'm really passionate about is when I teach in schools, and I know that this is your area, right? So in, what's the date? In about a month's time, I'm teaching at a school and they've got about 30% of their kids are transgender, which is quite a lot. Um, And it's a very specific school. I think they only have about 600 students. So it's it's not a massive school, it's high school only. And I'm very specific about how I share like wisdom of the cycle, because not everybody has a menstrual cycle experience and without going into like the politics and the political health of what's going on with transgender and all the things in teenagers I think it's just great to witness that sometimes like me when I was a born like I'm a born woman and I menstruated but I still felt boyish you know I was still a tomboy at high school and that's okay too and if I don't want to identify with being a menstrual cycle cyclical person I can still identify with being a cyclical person with the planet and the moons and other ways. And I think that's really enriching for people who desire to understand how their fellow menstruators really feel. It's like they can tap into that too. And um, what an important space to be holding for those kids. You know, you know this from working with teens, it comes back to your language and how you present the information and I just think that for everybody who has the opportunity of listening to this and hearing your personal experiences, that we can't judge someone just because they're a woman or they appear to look like a woman, that they have the same experience as us. But their energies and their essences and the note, like we've been on the planet, I'm ranting so much. This is your podcast interview. Um, You know, we've been on the planet for eons and we've been living in connection with the like the nature cycles for tens of thousands of years. And then all of a sudden for the last revolution of the industrial age, we're like, oh no, we're very different. We we're very different to the earth. We we need other things. It's like it's a bit bizarre, don't you think? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and and the young, the young ones, <laughs> those young whippersnappers are <laughs> so tuned in, right? Like they're they're onto it. So yeah, when we can go in and hold that space for discussions and um and listen too. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm, and they're really inquisitive. You know, they're so inquisitive. And I always find it's the non-menstruators or who don't yet have a menstrual experience or aren't menstruating at them at that particular time. They have way more questions than the people who are menstruating because they're like, oh, what does that feel like? And can you describe this? And it's so <laughs> 
it's so inquisitive and I I encourage adults like that I work with like be inquisitive like kids pick their boogers and stare at it like look at what's coming out of your bum in the toilet and you know if you are menstruating like get in touch with your blood if you have that opportunity and figure out and you know being you know inquisitive about it and I think that we forget that we can do that with all aspects of ourselves you know, we can do it with our mind and we can do it with our hearts and we can do it with our intuition and people are just too distracted to do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. There's so much info now, isn't there, that we can tap into and so many different experiences that we can listen to and watch and absorb that um, it can take us away from experiencing our, our own, can't it? Mm. Loving this conversation. I feel like I could just, I always feel like I could just chat with you forever. Um, I'd love Keeping to get short, remember? <laughs> sorry. sorry, guys. Everyone, this is sorry. This is a short episode. Um, I would love to ask as though we, um, like, oh my God, I can't even talk. I'd love to ask as we get ready to wrap up, what would you, if you were to relive your experience and move through being a cyclical woman in the, in your 20s and then, realizing that that's not a, an option for you naturally moving forward what do you wish you could tell yourself back then that you now know today so if other people are tuning in and listening to this and they're like oh I'm so glad she said that because I feel heard or I feel seen or oh, that resonates with me what are the things you wish that that version of yourself had have known about being a cyclical woman without a menstrual cycle Mm. Um, the the only thing that comes to mind is just trusting your intuition, trusting that whatever feels like the right decision in those moments is perfect and that there's always more we can learn for ourselves but um, having a lot of different people tell you what they think is best um, can get just get so confusing. So... Um, you know, taking the information that you can and learning as much as you can, but then just trusting your own intuition. There's, there's nothing that I've done along that path that I regret other than probably spending too much time stressing out over different experts, really strong opinions or, or something like that and feeling like I'm doing it wrong, you know. But, um, yeah, it's a bit general and broad, sorry. <laughs> it's, don't, don't, don't you ever apologise. Um, it just what you mentioned just comes back to trusting. Yeah. You know, like often we look for the answers when really the answers are within us. And I know that to be true for you. You know, and you're like it's like my body knows what it's doing and I can trust that. Like, do I really need to do this extra stuff too? And that takes trust, but also having a team of support that trusts your decision too, I think. I imagine that would have yeah. been a big part of it too. It would have been good, yeah. <laughs> rather than flying solo you know um but thank you so much for speaking to this and speaking to an experience around the cycle that most people would have no comprehension of and would really just dismiss as even an experience um, and I think it's really important to talk about so I'm so thrilled that we had the opportunity and our listeners had the opportunity of hearing these are experiences too and that you know, not all cyclical beings do menstruate and that doesn't mean that they're not women. You can still be a cyclical woman even without a menstrual cycle. Yeah, that's right. 
yeah, what she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh. And, and I know I've said it at the start and um, it goes probably without saying, but obviously I'm not an expert in any of this and it's just been my experience. But, yeah, if it's if it's helpful for someone, um, then yay. <laughs> so beautiful. Now, how can our listeners find out more about what you do and what you do with teens if they're interested in learning more about you and your journey or your work? Hmm, thank you. Um, I've got we've got a website, shinefromwithin.com.au, and spend probably most of our time on socials on Instagram, Shine From Within HQ. We've got a podcast too, the Youth Mentor Podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about working with young people specifically on all sorts of topics, um, then come and check that out. I'll have to interview Gemma for that, I think. <laughs> Before I pop, just make it sure it's before I pop. Unless you're happy with me breastfeeding on the call or something or having a whining child. Um, yes. But, no, I would love that opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah, we've got lots of resources at Shine From Within, um, from school curriculums for teachers to purchase and deliver uh, um, a flexible 10-week kind of life skills self-worth sort of program to um, our youth mentor training certification um, we've got a membership for teens as well, the online academy, and we've just launched our online shop because the teens have been making some products. Um, and so we wanted a space to be able to sell them. So, um, yeah, lots of cool stuff. <laughs> lots of cool stuff. I love it. You're a go-getter. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'll pop all those links in the show notes. Um, it's been such a privilege and honor to have you share with us in our menstrual mini series on stories about menstruation. So thank you so much for being here welcome thanks Gemma thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the well woman podcast for everything we mentioned in today's episode you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast if this episode excited you please hit follow on spotify which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop i'd love you to leave a review on apple Podcasts too love this episode come and follow me over on instagram at wellsome underscore gemily say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me now is there a bestie sister or a friend who you know who might be fed up frustrated and confused with their cycles are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too well take a screenshot of this podcast episode share it on your socials email it text it or any way you need to get it to them so together we can all live in flow harmony and balance with our cycles Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.